Hello, I'm Gemma Davies and I'm the community manager here at the Future of SaaS. So welcome to SaaScast, the podcast that talks you through the steps you need to future-proof your product. Whether that's building the ultimate SaaS marketing team or taking your product global, our guests will help you to grow, scale up and work smarter. So today we're joined by Suresh Madhavasu, founding partner at Product 10X. Product 10X is a startup startup accelerator co-creating early stage enterprise SaaS startups with a focus on deep tech and product-led growth. Suresh will be talking about product launches for enterprise customers today. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks a lot, Yvonne. So um, let's get started with the question I ask everyone. So tell us about yourself and your role at Product 10X. Sure. Um, so for those of you who do not know me, hey, uh, good morning. This is uh, Suresh Madhvarsu. I am part, founding partner at Product 10X Accelerator. So after working through a lot of uh, startups and uh, enterprise uh, experience, uh, what uh, we have really uh, looked into was the product launches, the products and the startups have their own path on how they grow and then when they become successful. But uh, there are definitely a lot of um, patterns that we have seen in the past. Uh, so that's really how uh, we are bringing value to a lot of startups in their acceleration standpoint of view. And especially my role is to really make sure that we are providing the right direction for super early stage founders uh, with these startups uh, to get them doing the product uh, launches as well as the right product-led growth because product-led growth means several things to several people. So we want to make sure that there is a uh, right direction that is provided to all these uh, founders. Absolutely. And so if you are a listener who's from a SaaS startup, then this one's definitely for you. So can you explain for our audience why product launches are so crucial for SaaS businesses? Yeah. So uh, one step back with the SaaS businesses, for sure, or SaaS startups, or even the larger companies is, uh, of course, you know, probably uh, in this particular decade when um, many companies say uh, they are a startup, I think by default, we assume they are SaaS. <laughs> I think uh, the yeah. uh, technology and the SaaS has uh, almost become synonymous in a way. Uh, however, uh, when we actually look into the past decades of, uh, uh, or even for today, there are many of these on-premise software uh, that goes on um, and the whole idea over there was, yes, it takes a lot of time when we are really looking through the whole of uh, the waterfall kind of approach, because sometimes it is really mission critical. Of course, I mean, uh, we can't expect a jumbo check uh, to be built in a kind of, you know, continuous integrated SaaS model, right? And I'm sure, you know, that's not uh, what we expect. But however, the thing that really came through the SaaS was to really say, how do we provide this continuous value to the customer? And then how do we value and uh, iterate uh, based on what we learned from the customers? And um, with that whole aspect of SaaS being the center of the uh, technology economy today, what we've realized is um, it's super critical for us to really think through what we are launching, why we are launching, 
And then what we expect our uh, customers and users to gain from this particular product launch, right? So that's really where uh, I would definitely focus a lot on saying when we are looking through the product launches, it's not a piece of software, it's not the piece of hardware, but we are really thinking through on, okay, I mean, what is the end value that I am providing to the customer? And then the product launch is really the means to the end, which is you are delivering the value to the customer. Right. Yeah. So that's really where in the whole ecosystem, uh, we definitely want to focus and make it a really important decision making in terms of the product launches. Yeah, definitely. Sort of asking yourself the the why. Sort of why have we created this product? Why, as you say, what value are the customers going to get out of it? And, and that can really drive your product launch. Completely. Yeah. So what do you think, um, thinking about all of those elements, what do you think makes a successful product launch? Yeah, uh, definitely. So I want to keep this uh, super simple uh, for us to understand, which is uh, think of it really as there are two main uh, crucial points for the product launches, right? One is making sure that the internal stakeholders are all on the same page. Uh, what I mean by that is Again, whether you think about the startups or medium size or uh, large enterprises, doesn't really matter, but really think through who are those internal stakeholders taking care of the product. Uh, product, what I typically mean at this point of time is whether it is the product management, product marketing managers, or even the development, um, I would really term them as product. And then uh, sales, for sure, the marketing department and then the whole of the customer success teams need to know the value that is coming out of a particular product launch, right? Yeah. Because several times it just so happens that product does what they need to do and then they are like, okay, you know, we're ready for the product launch. Uh, but then uh, there is a disconnect between what product is trying to do and then what sales is trying to uh, look into the prospects and then what marketing is really providing the uh, yeah. messaging out there. So that's really where we want to make sure that uh, internal stakeholders are all aligned uh, in one aspect of it. And then the second uh, crucial aspect is the external stakeholders. Uh, what I mean by the external stakeholders is really uh, think of it real as your prospects, your customers, your uh, whether you have the board members or not, uh, are all these different stakeholders that are really external facing, they need to understand uh, that a product is getting launched and then the value that we are providing with that product launch. Uh, and then sometimes, for example, if we are looking through doing the product launch in a major, uh, let's say, industry event, then you want to make sure that everybody uh, coming to that event is able to understand and appreciate your uh, product launch, right? Yeah. So that's really where we want to make sure that internal stakeholders are aware of it, the external stakeholders are aware of it. And as you can, of course, you know, by now imagine uh, this definitely needs a lot of planning, coordination, and making sure uh, that everybody is in sync. And which is the biggest challenge? Yeah, definitely. And that's actually sets up my next question quite well, which is um, 
how do you how do you sort of set up goals within your within your launch team um particularly obviously as you're saying there are so many different departments involved how do you make sure those departments are actually aligned with your with your kpis and goals that you're you're aiming for yeah so the simple mechanism i would um, uh, definitely have done in the past and then uh, i would advise is define measure adjust and repeat right um, yeah. what i uh, what we really mean by that is making sure that before the product launch of course i mean you wouldn't really do it after the fact but uh, before let's say okay there is a q3 launch or uh, next month uh, july launch then you want to set the goal even before you start planning for it yeah uh, does it really mean you know increasing the users increasing the revenue or are we trying to sort of uh, really do a customer uh, satisfaction kind of features that we are providing so there are always define the goals <clears throat> for us um, mm-hmm. that is from the customer point of view and then backtrack and say okay if these are the goals that we have then what should that messaging be what should that feature uh, set be and then how should the customer success team really take this and uh, provide it to the current uh, customers how should the sales team narrate this uh, story to the prospects so these are all the things that we need to definitely define and then once we launch of course you know make sure that you are taking the right inputs measure them uh, based on the learnings uh, again uh, again you should either adjust or you sometimes you might say okay i mean i think you know there are definitely a lot of lessons learned but then there is a better way for us to do and then just of course you know repeat the process right uh, th- that's really where uh, i would definitely uh, put forward saying there are several ways to do those goals for sure yeah. but the, keeping it simple is the best way and yeah i think that applies to to definitely to lots of things um some of our other podcast guests have mentioned that in different areas as well so it seems to be a theme running through sas's keep it simple um so how do you sort of take those goals and then measure if you've had a successful product launch obviously you've mentioned what what makes a successful product launch and how you can work together to create that but how do you know it's worked yeah so there are uh, two different things uh, i would typically look at uh, number one thing is the qualitative and the quantitative metrics right yeah. um definitely Uh, for some of the enterprise scenarios the getting the data could be uh, slightly difficult than the others but the goal should be to really say okay now that i have launched the product and set of features the question really would be how are the features getting used how many customers have adopted these features um if there is a particular feature where you are expecting the customer to be used more then you want to look at the frequency of the usage of that feature and then make sure okay if your baseline is let's say i want the user to use this feature 10 times a week is your goal then you need to of course you know look into on an average are the customers doing the same thing that you 
expected them to do. Yeah. If not, then of course, you know, the question would be, okay, I mean, you know, how do I sort of, you know, again, go back to the customers and then look into uh, why something is not happening the way we expected, right? Yeah. Um, and then when I talk about the qualitative, uh, that's really where uh, sometimes quantitative data really gives us, of course, in terms of the numbers on the number of sessions or the session length and uh, the feature usage and all that, which is great. But most of the times we've also seen that uh, a lot of the product and the feature usage is about the perception of the users. So it's super important for us to really talk to the users and uh, whether again, I'm using the general term users, but it could be uh, the administrators, your uh, management teams or the actual users who are using your product, it doesn't really matter, but uh, you need to get the feedback from all these different uh, stakeholders so that you are able to actually then map the qualitative feedback that you get from mm. all these stakeholders to the quantitative data that you have yeah absolutely you can sort of use that data to tell a story i suppose completely yeah 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 uh, sometimes i mean honestly um, you get a very good perspective on if suppose say uh, somebody is not using the features and then uh, you get a feedback saying oh you know what i didn't even know that this feature existed for yeah example, yeah right? exactly <laughs> <laughs> so yes it's definitely very important to get that kind of get those customer stories really and find out actually what that means for them whether it's you know if they don't use a product uh, a feature as you say just because they they didn't know it existed or whether it's just a feature they don't use often but they're still very happy to have it completely yep perfect um so you mentioned a little bit along there sort of the different um the different teams that come into play at different stages, but which teams do you think are the most crucial in product launches? And that might be a controversial question. Perhaps you think they're all equally important, but I'm interested to know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I always think of uh, three different teams that uh, always work in um, super, very high collaboration. Uh, so the first one, again, uh, product team is uh, absolutely the center of the product development, product management, design, uh, user experience. So again, um, the way I'm using product team is really these uh, set of constituents uh, that really make up the product and the feature set for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the next two teams, the way I really think of and uh, simplify it is we want two teams to be involved. One team is who is bringing in the new revenue, which is the sales teams. Um, the second one is really the team who is maintaining the current customers, which is the customer success team. Right. Yeah. So from that point of view, I would uh, absolutely prioritize uh, the whole of the product teams, sales teams, and then customer success teams to be uh, really uh, hand to hand and then say, uh, this is the product launch that we are looking at. I mean, what is that uh, outlook of the feature set? Uh, what is the value proposition that we are looking at? And then sometimes... Uh, customer success teams are, of course, you know, super uh, critical, uh, especially in the SaaS scenario, because uh, we don't want 
too much of communication that is going out to the customer because sometimes they get overwhelmed on um, the kind of communication and the frequency yeah. of the communication that is coming from any particular uh, SaaS vendor. And yeah. as of now, uh, we do know that uh, because it is uh, SaaS, I mean, uh, the enterprises and even the small uh, medium uh, businesses, they at any point of time, they have uh, 30 plus uh, SaaS products that they are working with. Uh, I mean, good or bad. I mean, you know. <laughs> so from that point of view, we want to make sure that each and every communication and uh, the feature that we release is super helpful and yeah. uh, something that is extremely valuable for that user. Absolutely. And as you say, sort of people are being sort of overwhelmed with emails and communications. It's it's absolutely crucial that they sort of they know what they're getting out of that communication. They know how it benefits them. Yep. Definitely. Um, so and are there any teams that you think should perhaps move away from product launches or should have less involvement? Are there do you ever see sort of any cases where there's there's too much going on? Yeah, so. I would say, especially, I think there are two views that I have, one from the startups uh, standpoint, and then the second one is from the enterprise uh, standpoint. So uh, with the startups, the case is very clear, which is initially during the first, second year of the startup, uh, the founder or founders are the people who are really uh, looking into the whole product launches and uh, really, uh, of course, you know, in collaboration with the engineering teams and all that, uh, which is great. But at the same time, uh, as the startup grows, uh, it becomes extremely challenging for the founders to actually disassociate from uh, the product design, product um, uh, feature uh, definition, and then even the product launch. Yeah. And that actually creates a lot of friction between the product team, which is even if it is a single product manager, and then the engineering team who is really trying to uh, release the products. And then every time the founders always have a point of view, which is great. But I think uh, that's really where I would highly suggest that founders uh, sort of give that role and then trust their team to do a good job. And then uh, they don't need to be uh, involved in the product launches all the time. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's one. Uh, the second one, of course, you know, from the enterprise uh, lifecycle point of view, as the companies, uh, of course, you know, become uh, la- bigger and then the revenue grows uh, higher, uh, there are two specific things that we definitely see. One is uh, the sales uh, management, uh, whether it is the VP of sales or the chief revenue officer, uh, all these different kind of roles, whenever they are uh, meeting new customers, prospects and uh, whatnot, uh, mm-hmm. they promise something. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, and then it becomes so challenging for the product teams uh, to really say, uh, hey, you know what, you know, we're, we've already tied up with the current product launch. I mean, there is no other uh, capacity. We can't really fit in anything. But then here comes the management and leadership requests in between the release cycle. And then that becomes a huge challenge, uh, not just for the, uh, honestly, you know, management and setting the expectations, but then uh, that's actually 
pretty huge uh, detriment uh, for the overall prioritization and the go-to-market activities that anybody would do. Uh, so just from that point of view, I would uh, definitely encourage the startup founders to give uh, more leverage for the team that is out there who is actually doing the job, which is the yeah. product management as well as the engineering teams. And then in the large uh, enterprises, uh, management should actually uh, sort of take a step back uh, from the urge of requesting more features just because uh, they promise something to the customers. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you've led so nicely into my next question, which is um, so obviously you've discussed the overall how leadership can sometimes meddle in in product launches. But what's the best way to handle leadership in product launch meetings to make sure that you, you don't fall into those traps and sort of end up sort of muddying the waters and, and goals there? Yeah, uh, that's always uh, been a challenging aspect of, uh, I'm sure, product leadership for uh, many, many uh, uh, leaders, for sure, uh, because uh, you are actually dealing with multiple leaders that are coming from uh, in the smaller teams. It can be the CEO of the company or the general manager in the, within the large organizations. And then you have the sales leadership, marketing leadership, dev leadership, and then setting the right expectation among uh, different constituents uh, is, is both of a data-oriented soft skill, yeah. I would uh, say, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's really not the question of, hey, you know what, you know, this is the scope, this is what we are planning to do, and that's about it, because that would be seen as you're being too rigid <laughs> but at the same time uh, you also don't want to be too flexible where uh, things are just getting um, jammed in and then uh, you start your backlog with let's say you know 10 items but then at the end of uh, uh, your planning cycle you have let's say 20 items yeah <clears throat> that's not the point so uh, the way i would definitely think of it is uh, it's super important to define a theme for a product launch yeah right um so uh, when i say theme those are less arguable from management and then customer value proposition standpoint of view mm -hmm. uh, and uh, which is to really say okay this particular product launch talks about ai enabled features yeah and now if that is the theme that you are looking at, the question would become, okay, what is the value proposition that we want to have for our customer? First define mm -hmm. that and then say, okay, this is the goal that we are trying to achieve. And to achieve this goal, these are the product features messaging mm -hmm. uh, that goes along with it. Yeah. And as long as in most cases, we have the specific goal setting done from the customer point of view, uh, as well as the features and the go-to-market messaging set, uh, the rest of the things become less subjective mm. because now we have agreed on the goal. It's really the question of how do you want to achieve the goal? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, so just from that point of view, I would uh, highly define uh, in a way to, again, keep it simple, uh, define the goals. Uh, so it is really important to do that goal setting. Uh, and then as we go on, uh, we want to make sure that uh, either on a weekly basis, monthly basis, 
uh, we want to track those goals because uh, at the end of the day, uh, we would really uh, hate when you really define the goals, but then nobody's tracking it or maybe after a month or after three months, you tracked it and then things didn't really go mm. well because um, it's not, the frequency was too long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, th- that's really where I would say, I mean, again, to keep it simple, set the goals, track the goals and make sure that there is a top level team that you have defined for your launch. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said earlier, I quite liked your your phrase that you used earlier, define, measure, adjust, repeat, it really works. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so obviously you've seen quite a lot of product launches in your time. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you've seen um, when people are launching a product? And obviously we've, we've covered quite a few of the different things that can go wrong, but um, are there any particular ones that stand out for you? Yeah, um, there are lots of them. Uh, I'm actually proud of uh, myself making some uh, mistakes for sure. <laughs> and I have seen um, several uh, uh, mistakes as well. So uh, even though uh, in a generic sense, I'm saying those are mistakes, but I think you know sometimes uh, the way we want to look at them is uh, they are unsuccessful mistakes, but at the same time, every product launch is an opportunity for us to learn. Absolutely. Uh, really the whole aspect of uh, launching products, right? I mean, you, you yeah. want to launch a product and then let the users use it. Uh, or if they are not using it, you want to know why they are not using it. And then that actually makes your next product launch better. Yeah. Uh, so uh, again, uh, not going into specific examples um, in a way, uh, yeah. always the question really becomes, what is the most unclear value to the customer, right? Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, what happens is as an organization, as a startup or a company, you have your own view of what this particular uh, launch or the set of features should be doing to your customer. Mm-hmm. But then customer may not realize the same value that you are thinking through. Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, that could be for several reasons, right? One is um, from the product standpoint, uh, the feature set may not be exactly clear on how to be used. So uh, the customer-centric designs may not exist, uh, in which case it's really the question of uh, we need to retrospect in terms of um, the customer experience, the user experience designs uh, in yeah. a way, that's one. Or the second one, which is actually uh, much bigger of a problem is you try to solve a problem which is not a problem to the customer. That's really interesting. What do you mean? So several times what happens is, uh, let's say uh, I, I, as a product manager, I looked into a specific problem or uh, maybe as a founder, uh, somebody told me, hey, if, uh, I really want uh, this particular feature. And uh, if you do this feature, uh, then everybody would love it. Yeah. And then sometimes, of course, uh, we looked at one particular prospect or two uh, prospects uh, who gave us that feedback. And now, uh, of course, that is just an idea or concept. 
Mm-hmm. But then when we bring that concept into the product as an MVP, sometimes uh, it's definitely not the same idea. Uh, somebody talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when it actually goes to the customer, they're like, yeah, this is a problem, but uh, this is not exactly how I want to solve it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, or uh, the problem that we uh, solved is such a small problem for them that uh, they probably don't really see that value that we thought would be very high for mm. the customer. It is super low. Yeah, yeah, and that that right. sort of alignment doesn't doesn't match up there. Ex- yeah, exactly. So from that point of view, uh, that's really where uh, we would mm. think um, there is a major disconnect between what the product team thought about the value, mm. and then how the customer really perceived that value. So I think, you know, that's really where uh, we typically call it as the value disconnect between the product team and the customer uh, perception. Uh, So again, I think that's really where, which is uh, very difficult sometimes to uh, discern uh, early on in the cycle, right? I mean, sometimes we need to make sure uh, we do small experiments with the customers or really uh, that's really where the power of uh, prototyping and then mm. early stage feedback really comes in. Yeah. Where uh, without really spending a huge development cycle or even from the product and the founder's point of view, especially in the startups, it's super important for you to say, okay, if this is the concept that my prospects have talked about, let me go do um, prototypes. I mean, I'm sure, you know, uh, the whole aspect of uh, Figma Envision these days is exactly that to provide high fidelity uh, prototyping. Uh, once you do that, I mean, run it by your uh, prospects that you talk to, really get the feedback and mm-hmm. then really think through in terms of whether it is making sense for you to uh, make it as a product event. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I've uh, heard it when I was speaking to someone before is that saying the customer actually isn't always right. So as you're saying, the customer might have a solution for um, a fix um, that they think is a problem, but actually fixing it, as you say, in that particular way might not be the most valuable to them. Completely. Yeah. Um, so moving on to our last section here. So how can you tell, um, sorry, we've, we've done how can you tell if a product launch has been unsuccessful, but what can you do when a product launch has been unsuccessful? How can you, how can you fix that? Yeah, so <clears throat> there are what we typically call as the postmortem or um, retrospect of a product launch, right? So when it typically happens, there are multiple things that come up to uh, my mind. I mean, um, the fact that we are calling it a bad product launch <laughs> is for multiple reasons. One <laughs> is uh, customers basically says, hey, you know what? I, I know that you have launched your product and I've seen this uh, new release from you, but sorry, I, I don't really know what you guys did, right? Yeah. So that really says a lot about it. Or the second thing is, yes, you know, you have launched new product and then, uh, or rather new set of features. Uh, I've seen the set of features, but uh, I don't know uh, if I can use them right away. Yeah. So that also tells you a lot. Or uh, the other thing would be the product is useful, 
but the product quality was bad. Okay. Right. Uh, because at the end of the day, what happens is again, uh, previously we just talked about, I think, you know, how the management comes with more and more features in the release mm. cycle time. And then we try to cram in a lot of these features. And yeah. now clearly, um, people are people and then you know we all have only 24 hours a day <laughs> so uh, at some point of time the quality gets compromised uh, quality i just don't mean from the quality assurance point of view but yeah. uh, it could be bad user experience or uh, bad design of the product uh, whatever it could be but uh, in general that customer centricity is lacking mm. uh, for a set of features so uh, they are not adopted by the customers as such. So again, when we look into those kind of uh, product launches where uh, the adoption is low or the customers are not really able to understand why we even did that release, mm. um, th that's really when uh, we look into them as, you know, we put in these different categories, whether... Uh, is it about the value proposition? Is it about the go-to-market um, messaging? Uh, what I mean by the go-to-market messaging is sometimes we have the product features. Uh, it's very easy to say, okay, uh, these are the product features that we have, but it is very, very difficult uh, and challenging and time consuming to actually define the value proposition to the customer because yeah, yeah. Um, it actually involves a lot more in-depth thought process along with the customers to say, what are their pain points? What am I addressing? And then how is it beneficial to the customer? Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, because it is an involved process, <laughs> it's very easy for uh, some of the teams to fall back on saying, oh yeah, I'm releasing these features. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, so instead of talking about the customer benefits, we talk about the product features, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really where we want to look into those different kind of uh, uh, messaging uh, that we are, that we have provided as part of the product launch uh, and then really see uh, why uh, a particular uh, product launch was uh, successful versus unsuccessful. Again, mm -hmm. because... Um, we define the goals of what this product launch means for us. Again, mm -hmm. it's going back to our previous discussion of uh, is it increasing the number of users? Is it the revenue? Or is it a particular feature adoption that we already released before? So based on whatever goals that you have, you are basically uh, having that baseline of okay, did I exceed that expectation or did I not meet that expectation? If so, then definitely you want to get that uh, qualitative and the quantitative data uh, to really back up some of your assumptions because yeah. for most of the product launches, clearly there are there is a set of hypotheses that we have uh, that we assume a few things about the customer behavior, uh, which yeah. is fine. Uh, but at the same time, each and every time we release, we want to make sure, uh, did I assume the correct thing? I mean, is my hypothesis correct? I mean, what else can I do to make it right? right? Yeah. Uh, so those are the some of the things that I would definitely do as part of the uh, retrospect um, in general, really look at the goals, 
uh, and then look into the quantitative and the qualitative analysis and then uh, uh, really correct it from all these different uh, angles. Mm, yeah, so there's not sort of one one fix, one solution fits all. It's, it's very much about sort of, I guess, it's it's like having a mixer in front of you with lots of different different um, buttons and, and levels to fix and finding those that combination of levels that works for you. And I like that we've gone right back to the beginning there with with knowing what the value is to your customers. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my last question is quite a broad one, but um, it's obviously we've talked quite a lot about about startups and about early stage companies. But um, how do products product launches differ when launching your first product um, with your company versus your second, third um, going onwards? Are there are there any differences or do you think sort of you can approach in a very similar way? Yeah, that's actually a great question. Um, so the first product launch or the first couple of product launches, uh, especially in the startups, is uh, a very messy process, right? <laughs> uh, and by definition, so uh, there is nothing wrong with it, uh, but uh, it's just that um, sometimes... Uh, we are in a super hurry because uh, we are launching this in a trade show or an industry exhibition, or we are working towards uh, doing a demo to a specific customer uh, who is super critical for our next funding cycle. Uh, there could be many reasons out there. Yeah. But <clears throat> most importantly, what happens is as you go through the product launch from first, second, third, uh, there are definitely the frequency and then there are some patterns that every team goes through <clears throat> in terms of uh, the product launch yeah so what that means is am i releasing the product at the right time uh, at the right time what i mean is uh, even as much as the saas product life cycle that we are talking about mm -hmm. customers do not want to uptake the new features again and again super quick yeah. especially in the enterprise scenario. Mm. Uh, so what it really means is there is actually a cost of uptaking new features. Uh, yeah. Cost in the literal sense of not really in the dollar amount, but mm. the organization, the users uh, have to really understand what the new feature is um, and then uh, really take into account how they should be using that new feature, right? Uh, so there is a certain expectation of, um, the training aspect of it, the knowledge aspect of it. Uh, so that's really where, um, for especially as the teams go through that cycle of uh, multiple launches, uh, they would definitely come to a, a maturity aspect to say, hey, previously we were doing launches every week, but the customer is not appreciative of that uh, because every week seeing your new feature or a button got moved from left uh, mm -hmm. panel to the right panel or uh, a link disappeared because you choose uh, you choose to make it you know um, a, a dead uh, feature all these kind of things have a super big effect on the users so mm -hmm. that's really where uh, we typically get into a particular uh, release uh, cycle uh, at that point of time. Yeah. Uh, that's one. Uh, the second biggest thing that we see is 
early on in the cycle, we definitely sort of release the features. And then sometimes, especially in the startup scenario, uh, you don't really have the whole process. I mean, I'm using the process in a loose term, but again, uh, it doesn't need to be a huge process, somebody with uh, hundreds of pages, but it's really to say, uh, I'm releasing this feature, you know, what is the go-to-market messaging? What kind of uh, social media um, updates do we want to do? And then uh, how do we want to communicate to the current customers using our customer success team? Uh, how do we want to message to the sales teams uh, so that they can message the right way to the prospects? So all this process, is non-existing in many of the startups yeah right so as the launches go on i think that repeatable process actually comes into the picture and then mm. they would realize oh yeah i mean you know there is definitely a value in making sure that my salespeople uh, should know about the uh, new features and uh, benefits of this uh, product for the customers uh, the prospects so that's really the uh, kind of, um, I would say, learnings that everybody uh, comes to as the product matures. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And um, I think that's everything we have time for today. So thank you so much for all of your insights there. I think obviously we've, we ended up circling right back to the beginning and knowing, in knowing the value for your customer setting simple goals. And as you said earlier, define, measure, adjust, repeat. I'm going to keep repeating it because it's such good advice. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Lajima. Thank you so much. Um, and any final words for um, anyone looking to launch their next product? Yeah, absolutely. So there are definitely lots of great um, frameworks out there for each and everything. Uh, but then please don't use framework just for the sake of using the frameworks mm. or uh, because it is right there and it is very famous but please think through on if that framework is the right framework for your team your product for your organization because sometimes uh, we get into this mode of oh yeah you know there are a bunch of frameworks out there you know my friend told me about this or i heard this in the industry conference uh, but just don't fall behind the frameworks. Keep it simple mm. as much as possible. And then if there is a framework that actually is helping you to keep it simple, absolutely go uh, adopt it for sure. Mm. But just don't do it because something is famous out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you mentioned earlier, sort of tailoring it specifically to your product, to your team, to your customers is so important. Yeah. Definitely. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us today. Yeah, thank you. And uh, to all the listeners, happy launch. <laughs> Thanks very much. See you later. Thanks, Jima. Bye-bye.